Welcome to Holistic Human Performance Podcast. My name is Jenna Bradshaw, where we talk all things holistic health, wellness, spirituality, fitness, meditation, energetics, and so much more to help you become the healthiest version of yourself. Let's dive in. This is not medical advice. This is simply to help you on your journey through health, fitness, and wellness. I hope this helps. You can complement this with anything that you are doing currently in your life. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Jenna Bradshaw here, your host of Holistic Human Performance Podcast. We have a very special guest, Lorelai Colbert. She is an amazing human being. I'm so happy to have met her. And she is also a fellow cancer survivor and thriver, most definitely thriver. And I wanted to have her on to discuss her story. Um, She's a breast cancer survivor and just kind of really share the things that she did to get to this point of where she's at in life. And she gives it back like 100% to the community and educating others on breast cancer awareness and how you can be your own advocate. So I am so pleased to have you on and also how we met, which was really cool. Uh, We were both doing volunteer work uh, for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the big climb fundraiser which was an amazing event that was so much fun Mm -hmm. and we immediately connected and we've been in touch since this was last year at their big climb event and um yeah I'm I'm so thrilled to have you on welcome to the show thank you so much Jenna I'm so excited (laughs) to be here me too so why don't you just tell the listeners your story and what you do and how you got to where you're at today Yeah. So I am a triple negative breast cancer survivor and I was diagnosed at 28 in 2020. Um, So 2020 was already a hard year and then you get an unexpected cancer diagnosis on top of it. And our world was simply put a whirlwind. Um, We, we weren't expecting the diagnosis. I don't think anyone is, but I didn't have any symptoms. And the way the lump was found was because I'm a military spouse and we were going to be moving to Japan. Um, So in order to move to Japan, I needed appointments. My dog needed appointments. My husband needed health appointments just to make sure everything was clear and we didn't need exceptional medical care. Well, during my physical, I asked about birth control, which led to an OBGYN appointment a review of all of my, my former appointments and, you know, my history and long story short, the doctor said, you're 28, you have no predisposition. You do not need to have a breast exam today. We'll do the pap and we'll get you on your way. But in that appointment, it was August 25th, 2020. There was an amazing nurse And Jenna, we talk about how you can really feel the energy of people. And this woman just, she captured my heart from the moment I walked in the door. I knew she was an angel in my life. And when she questioned me having the breast exam, she just said, so you're not doing it. And to me, this was this profound moment. I knew she was in my life for a reason. 
uh, that was the day I asked for the breast exam and a lump was found. So a couple weeks later, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. And that was after another doctor had discovered that it was 3.6 centimeters and told me I could wait six months because I'm 28 and I shouldn't have to worry. So it was a quick lesson of being my own advocate and listening to those intuitive feelings because at 28, getting a diagnosis for triple negative breast cancer, that is pretty scary, especially when I felt like I had to fight for every appointment coming up. Wow. That is a profound story because I mean, you, I'm so glad that you brought up listening to your intuition because I had a similar experience um, with thyroid cancer later on down the road. And it was kind of the similar thing where a nurse, like she was, uh, she worked at the, she was a doctor, but she worked at the um, healthcare office on campus. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't, going to go to the doctor, but something in me was like, you should go get checked out, you know, blah, blah, blah. One thing led to another. And that's how she found the 4.3 centimeter uh, nodule on my thyroid. So I can totally relate, um, you know, with that story. And it's just so interesting how everything played up to that point where it was like, you guys were getting ready to move and you wouldn't have gone to a doctor's appointment probably otherwise. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another. So thank God that, you know, this, I mean, just this uncertainty, right? The uncertainty of it, but you were like, all right, I got to do what I got to do. So kudos, kudos. Yeah. Thank you. At the beginning, I was trying to be a great military spouse. I was like, I am not going to be the reason that I'm holding up our family unit. It's just the two of us and our dog. Um, But I'm not going to be the reason that we are delayed in going. Well, now I'm the reason that we never will go. Um, Maybe one day for a cheers and a vacation, but we will not be living there uh, thanks to, to this journey. Wow, it totally diverted your path. And honestly, who knows what you would have been doing at this point in time, right? Like the work that you're doing right now, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's so incredible. And you're so inspiring to other people. You know, you you do speaking, you're you're an advocate, award-winning advocate at that. And you really like put yourself out there after going through such a tough battle and, you know, what we talk about also the survivorship after. So why don't you kind of bring us through, if you're comfortable, um, the process, because I think it's really important for people to understand and learn uh, the process of going through it. God forbid anybody is, you know, diagnosed with, with any form of cancer, really Um, Mm -hmm. kind of like vetting out doctors and, you know, so can you like bring us through that process? Yeah, absolutely. So once I was diagnosed, I met my team and I talk about this now, when you find your doctors, if they don't feel like they belong on your team, they probably shouldn't be on your team. And I think that's something when you're introduced into this cancer world, uh, you don't always think that you can go and get someone else that jives with you. I was really lucky um, that I loved my surgeon. I loved my oncologist. Um, 
And those initial meetings were, were really wonderful to set the tone of what we were facing. I felt very comfortable knowing that I was going to have neoadjuvant chemo. So that means chemo before surgery. Um, I had eight rounds. I had AC, so the red devil and cytoxin followed by dose dense taxol for four rounds. And that was 16 weeks of chemo. Um, during that time, I was getting Lupron shots into my butt every 28 days. And that was to suppress the function of my ovaries proactively and try to preserve any fertility options that we had there. I had my team and a second opinion both agree that the cancer is aggressive to go after the cancer and not do IVF. So I, I did the Lupron shot and went through menopause on top of the chemo and then had a bilateral mastectomy a day after my 29th birthday uh, on St. Patrick's Day, 2021. And which, which you'll never forget. You'll always never. Oh my goodness, never. And that has a really fun story. Maybe we'll chat about it. Maybe not. <laughs> um, but had that surgery and then had reconstruction in June. But when you said earlier, it's important for people to realize, you know, options or what you might be facing. One thing that really stuck with me from the beginning is to control what I could. And that is why when I was thinking about chemo and thinking about the delay, well, I really didn't have a delay in my diagnosis because I kept pushing for those appointments, but I could have had a delay if I listened and waited six months, right? So I decided I needed to share my story. I needed to use my voice to raise awareness. And I decided to launch the Chemo to Kindness Challenge on the day I started chemotherapy treatment. And the idea behind that was to lift my spirits while you lift others up. And an act of kindness could be as small as calling a friend or holding a door. Um, but I wanted to hear about acts of good around the world in, in a time where I didn't know what I was going to be facing. So the challenge was the beauty of social media. I asked everyone to do an act of kindness and tell me about it on social media. And that way more people could hear about it and more people might be inspired to be kind. Um, and we wound up having 1700 acts of kindness around the world while I was going through chemotherapy treatment. Wow, that's incredible. It's so fascinating that in times of adversity, um, we realize what the important things are in mm -hmm. life and what kind of like lifts your spirits up because, I mean, I have full body chills with that story. It's, it's so inspiring because again, you were going through something very traumatic and, you know, it's a life or death situation, really. And you chose to pay it forward to help others. And I can only imagine the ripple effect that you had. I mean, it's one person goes to another, goes to that person. It's such a ripple effect. And even if someone doesn't have cancer, like just a random act of kindness, it just brings your spirit up. Absolutely. I am, I am so honored to have you on this podcast <laughs> oh, thank you 
the feeling is mutual. And it's amazing. Now studies, studies recently have come out how there is such an impact with acts of kindness that the recipients are actually uplifted way more than the giver thinks. So it's pretty cool that there are social scientists out there studying acts of kindness and how good they are for society. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Yes. It all has to do with uh, energy. (laughs) (laughs) It all has to do with energy. And, you know, when you elevate your energy, number one, it enhances your vitality. It enhances your well-being. And when you're going through such a, you know, health adversity in life and somebody else sees what you're going through and they're like, oh, wow, if she can do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And that ripple effect, it's tenfold. It's, It's really cool to see that science is now coming out with studies like that. So why don't you, um, so how long was this battle for? So I was diagnosed in September of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I finished active treatment. I consider reconstruction active treatment. Um, so I finished that in June of 2021. Okay, wow. So just under a year mm-hmm. because the lump was found in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after surgeries, you're not done just because you have surgery. You still have to go back. Uh, you still are working on mobility with your body, especially with your chest. Um yeah, it was very interesting to go through that and and have my body go through that. But as, as we've talked about, then you're in this new chapter of treatment, which is survivorship. And I think a lot of people are so hopeful for their cancer survivor friends. Um, maybe if they're going through it, they're so hopeful when they ring that bell, that's their victory. But what I learned, and I believe you learned this too, is that there's a whole other race that's about to begin and it might be a marathon, right? It's not this sprint, but it is a journey of survivorship and it's learning how to live after you just went through something where you're fighting for your life, where health is your, your top concern and where you are going to the hospital all the time for appointments. So I, still to this day, like I've worked on it a lot and it's been 10 years since thyroid cancer. But I mean, you know, when I go into Memorial Sloan Kettering and I'm getting, you know, my ultrasounds, like you better believe I'm praying and I'm like doing breath work and meditating before, because I need to keep myself calm and grounded or it sends you into a tizzy. And then it's just like what your thoughts go. It's like, well, what if this, what if this, what if this, but that's not a healthy mindset to be in. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know about you, but I know that whenever I, I honestly can say that I did go through a point of, it was subconscious at a point of a fear of a cancer reoccurrence. And then I started to realize that all the trauma that has happened, like the emotional trauma, the physical trauma, that it just got stored in my body and my energy field. And I didn't realize it at the time because honestly, I'm, I was in my early twenties. So I was 20 going on 21 when I had the thyroid surgery. 
And I totally blocked it out, totally blocked it out. I was like, let's just do this. And you have to have that mindset when you're on the ba- in the battlefield, right? I totally agree. But after it is a different ball game, you mm-hmm. have to learn how to thrive in life while, you know, just being aware, not overly concerned with your health, not, you know, crazy about it, but you're like super aware and you're grounded and your energy is up. Your spirits are high. Um, So what are some things that you did once you entered survivorship? Yes. And I'm so glad you said that. I relate on so many levels to that. Um, A couple things I did right when I entered survivorship, and this was after I had crippling anxiety. So this is someone who just faced all this badassness, right? Like you, you hear warrior, you hear badass. And I did this kindness challenge. It was so uplifting. And then I get that. We'll see you in three months. And I'm literally in like fetal position because I'm so fearful of recurrence. Um, And one thing I did was I booked a trip and I had that celebratory milestone. I went with my husband's family. It was absolutely incredible and such an amazing opportunity to celebrate my body after everything it just went through. Um, I started therapy, which was huge. And that was really amazing to open up my own toolkit and realize that I had some sharpening to do in the, with these tools, because like you said, you have this mindset for the battlefield that you're showing up and you're showing out for those appointments, those surgeries. But once it's done, you really need to work on your mindset and your resiliency toolkit. And another thing that I did was join an energy course. So it was so helpful to couple that with, with therapy, with peer-to-peer groups, um, with just talking with other women who understood. And then all of a sudden now I'm, I'm broadening my education on energy levels and seeing where, where, where do I feel right now and how can I nourish my mind, body, and soul to really get to where I want to be, which is someone who is thriving and someone who's not fearful that they're going to die every second. We still get those thoughts. Um, you like when I go in for scans, sometimes it's, it's jarring because you've had scans where you heard the worst. Um, but it's so important to just try to control what we can and, and tap into whatever toolkit we have that will, will help ease our path forward. I'm so happy that you said all this (laughs) (laughs) because I mean, this is exactly what I teach other people, especially who are in survivorship. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you've encountered others who, you know, you're sharing your story. They're talking to you about their stories and how they won't even open Pandora's box of all of the issues and trauma that they have gone through. Mm-hmm. And I personally notice that there are negative um, circumstances that come along with that you know, everybody has, I don't, it's, it's a sore subject, obviously, but, you know, I think it's important to note that, you know, everyone has their time with their survivorship and their healing journey after, but 
I would implore people to not wait too long because these things can build up in mm-hmm. your body and in your energetic field. Um, I'm curious, what was the energy course? What was that like? That was amazing. It was led by an energy coach and healer, uh, Stephanie Vershow. And I actually was her intern like 10 years ago. We've always kept in touch. And I met her in corporate America. And then she has since gone on her journey, but it was a group coaching call. And then we would have our own like studies to do our homework, if you will, uh, play sheets. And we would, we would dive into topics on our own and then come together and unpack it as a group. So it was really interesting for me to, to, like I said, learn about my own energy levels, learn about other people. And I think all of a sudden when your awareness is so heightened to your body, to your physical body, when you go through cancer treatment, it was a really nice way to learn how to direct that awareness and use it for good and not use it as what was that feeling in my bones? Am I dying? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, and honestly, I used to be like that too. Like if I had like a headache or like, you know, whatever, like any like little ache or pain, I was like, Oh, Oh my God, am I dying? (laughs) Is it back? And that's such a real, real question. It's real. And know that if you are you know, suffering with those, that fear, those, those worries and those thoughts, uh, we all go through it. It's, I don't want to say normal, but it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a matter of finding in survivorship, what works best for you. Yes. I totally agree with that. You know, and it, it may take some time again, like I've spoken to many individuals where they're like oh no I don't even want to open Pandora's box like no they don't want anything to do with it and I personally have seen that their health suffers after that Mm -hmm. and I think that in order to thrive you got to talk about it you got to feel into it you got to let that energy out of your body and out of your energy field because your body doesn't want to hold on to that trauma anymore it doesn't want to hold on to those pains, those worries, it's giving you those signals because it's like, we want out. So that Mm -hmm. fear that you're building up is many, many emotions. You know, it can be shame. It can be judgment. It can be, um, will to live, will to die. You know, it's these things that are culmination and they get stuck in your energy fields, whether it be your muscles, your bones, your fascia, you know, your brain, your head, whatever area. So if you're going through survivorship, notice, where the energy is getting stuck. Like, honestly, because I do a lot of more, you know, speaking and sharing my story, I used to have a lot of energy in my throat, in my throat area. And, you know, that's one of our energy points. And once I started writing, speaking, giving back and helping others, that enhanced my energy and my own health and well-being. Because again, mm-hmm. if we think ill thoughts, we become ill. If we think well thoughts, we become well. So it's just knowing that you're always supported. And there's so many, so many communities that are out there now, um, yes. you know, that, that can help you and support you. And w- that's what we're a part of. We, we love to give back and that's how we met. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, 
That was another component of this is, is peer-to-peer communication is huge. So when we met at that event, I think, I think I came up to you because your family was just like these warrior fam. Like it was amazing seeing you all run this, this climb. Um, but I was like, wow, I need to chat with you and I'm a survivor. And I think I was just coming up. I wasn't even one year out of active treatment yet. So it's still fresh, you know, it, it was still so fresh at that time. And it was just really cool to be able to talk to someone who understands and we might not have the same cancer, but we both went through cancer and we both went through and you, you kind of feel this when you see people living beyond. And that was something that I was introduced to this thought of onward life. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, it was in a book and the word was survivra and it's French for survive. And now I always put this on my posts and I think people probably think I don't know how to spell, but it's French and (laughs) everything's better French. (laughs) Um, But broken down, sir is on and vivra is to live. So on to live. And I was introduced to that at the beginning of my journey. And then going into survivorship, even those hard days, I just kept thinking to myself, survivor, like on to live, I'm living. I worked so hard to live onward. And I remember meeting you and just thinking, this is someone who is survivoring um, in her own way. And it was, is really cool to connect. Uh, peer-to-peer communication, I think is huge because it validates that this shit is hard. And it validates the fact that it's okay to also be happy after you went through a really hard time. Oh, making me cry over here. (laughs) It's so true. I remember tearing up when like I saw we had just come off that that climb. We were like coming down. I was sweating (laughs) and you were just there like so vibrant and happy. You were glowing. And I was like, Hey, what's up? How are you? And we just started chatting And, you know, you told me your story and I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's, I mean, incredible. And you're here giving back to other people, you know, helping raise money to those who are battling and, you know, going through that survival mode. Mm -hmm. So you're such an inspiration. I was, I'm, I'm so happy to just have met you and be able to discuss these openly, you know, uh, to really inspire and motivate other people. Yes. Thank you. Same here. (laughs) So do you have any words of wisdom to the listeners that you would like to leave? Mm. Well, besides Survivra, I think, I think it's really just feel your feelings. It's okay to feel those things and then move forward. So I guess it's still Survivra, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's really important to control what you can. And as we talked about a little bit earlier, every person is so different. So your why is different than my why or what fuels you or picks you up on a hard day is different. And I think it's so important to really sit with yourself and just think about what will lift you up. What will help you take one step forward? Because then maybe the next day you wake up and you take one more step forward and maybe it's a side side step, but you're tapping into things that will 
will ultimately make your life brighter after such a, a tiring journey. But I think we all deserve it. I think we all deserve to go after the lives that we want. And it's so much better when we do it together. Mm, preach. I love that. Where can everyone find you? Yeah. So follow me on Instagram at Lorelai Colbert, or you can uh, head over to my website, lorelaicolbert.com. And you can see some of my speaking and writing. And I've recently launched some cards that give back uh, to, to cancer research. And we're just, we're just going for it. Going bigger, going home. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lorelai, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for coming on and we will surely be in touch. Everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, please share this with someone you think needs. Like, share, subscribe, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you, Jenna. Bye. You're welcome.